Welcome to another episode of Sleepy Voyages. The art of storytelling carries with it timeless lessons that transcend generations, imparting wisdom and enlightenment. Tonight's tale revolves around the enchanting and mysterious world of Atlantis, a civilization so grand it became synonymous with prosperity and enlightenment. However, like all tales, it also carries a shadow, one that casts lessons of caution. Atlantis is not just a city lost to time, but a reflection of society's rise and eventual fall when consumed by its own success. As the ancients described, Atlantis was a realm touched by the gods, a beacon of human achievement. But in its shining success lie shadows of arrogance and unchecked pride, leading to its tragic downfall. The tale of Atlantis, though set in a time far removed from our own, holds mirror-like qualities, reflecting our ambitions, our potential, and the consequences of letting hubris go unchecked. As the moon casts its silver glow and the stars twinkle in quiet observance, let's voyage to this sunken city's heart and understand its lessons. For within its watery embrace lies wisdom waiting to be uncovered. Before we tuck you in tonight, voyages of the night sky, we have a small but crucial request. As your eyelids grow heavy and the soothing tones of sleepy voyages guide you to the realm of dreams, remember the peace, serenity, and comfort that we bring to you every night. Just as a lighthouse guides lost ships in the darkness, your reviews help other restless dreamers find their way to us. By leaving a review and sharing your thoughts on your experience, you are reaching out to other insomniacs lost in the night, guiding them towards restful sleep. Take a moment before you drift away to click on the leave a review button on your podcast app. Help us extend our galaxy of tranquility to all those who seek the solace of sound sleep. And once you've done that, feel free to slip back under the covers of our sleep stories, ready to be whisked away on another sleepy voyage. Remember, your stars light the way for others. Every review, every rating helps us create a bigger, more beautiful universe of peace and rest. In an era long past, the world bore witness to a gleaming jewel of civilization, a place of such grandeur that it would forever remain etched in the annals of time. This was Atlantis. Stretch your imagination for a moment and envision a land where the skies gleamed with a shade of azure, mirroring the clear waters that encircled this magnificent city-state. Atlantis, for all its splendor and might, was not immune to this age-old flaw of mankind. Their belief in their invincibility, in their divine right to command not just the world, but the very forces of nature, would prove to be their undoing. In this tale of Atlantis, we find not just the story of a lost civilization, but a timeless lesson. It's a reflection of the cycles we see in our own lives and in societies today. A reminder that no matter how high we rise, humility and reverence for the world around us must anchor us. 
for without them, like the fabled city, we too risk losing ourselves to the depths of our own making. Imagine, if you will, a time when the world was younger, when mysteries hid in every uncharted corner of the earth. In one such mysterious part, there was a vast stretch of land, a continent of unparalleled beauty set amidst the deep azure embrace of the sea. The ocean around this continent glittered, each wave catching the sun's golden rays, throwing sparkles back into the heavens. The waters were so clear that one could see the vibrant dance of marine life below, with fish of iridescent scales and coral reefs that painted the seafloor in a multitude of colors. Atlantis, for that was the name of this breathtaking land, rose majestically from these waters. From afar, the coastlines appeared as intricate laces, weaving patterns between the land and sea. Sandy shores seamlessly blended into the verdant green of the meadows, dotted with wildflowers that swayed to the gentle rhythm of the sea breezes. Toward the heart of Atlantis, the terrain became a blend of rolling hills and towering mountains. They stood like ancient sentinels, their peaks kissing the skies, often draped in veils of mist or crowned with snow, depending on the season. Between these mountains flowed serpentine rivers, their waters cool and fresh, nourishing the lands they coursed through. Each river was a lifeline, leading travelers inward, deeper into the heart of this continent. Along their banks, forests of immense trees rose, their canopies so thick they seemed to hold whispered secrets from eons past. In the embrace of these forests, wildlife flourished, with creatures both familiar and those that now reside only in myths and legends. Above all, what was most striking was the harmony that Atlantis exuded. The sea, the land, the skies above, all seemed to exist in a synchronous dance, a delicate balance that echoed the potential of life and the possibilities when nature and wonder converge. It was in this paradisiacal setting that the great city-state of Atlantis was birthed, a beacon of civilization and knowledge. Imagine, for a moment, standing atop a hill, the vantage point offering a panoramic view of the vast city-state of Atlantis. What stretches before your eyes is an architectural marvel, meticulously planned and magnificently executed. Atlantis wasn't merely a city. It was a testament to human ingenuity and the reverence for aesthetics. Buildings stood tall, constructed primarily of white, black, and red stone, each harvested from the heart of the island. These structures gleamed in the sunlight, capturing every ray and reflecting a brilliant shimmer, making it seem as if the city itself was made of light. The hallmark of Atlantean architecture was the concentric circles that separated the city into different zones. These circular waterways and rings of land, designed by Poseidon himself, ensured that the city was both defensible and visually stunning. Crossing these rings were delicate bridges, their intricacies belying the strength they held. Each canal was filled with glistening water that flowed from the mountains, 
carrying with it the melody of cascading streams and waterfalls. In the heart of Atlantis stood the royal palace, unmatched in its grandeur. It was surrounded by walls plated with precious metals, and inside one could find courtyards with sparkling fountains and lush gardens where flowers of unimaginable hues blossomed year-round. Statues of gods, demigods and heroes dotted these gardens, standing sentinel and watching over the inhabitants. But it wasn't just the palaces that showcased Atlantean artistry. Temples dedicated to various deities towered over the landscape, their spires reaching for the heavens. Each temple was a hub of spiritual energy, the air around it pulsating with devotion and faith. The high priests and priestesses of these temples often roamed the grounds, their ethereal robes trailing behind them as they offered blessings to the passers-by. Residential areas, while simpler than the grand edifices, carried their own charm. Homes were built around communal courtyards, promoting a sense of community and kinship among neighbors. Streets were paved with smooth stones, and along their paths, one could find markets bustling with activity. Merchants displayed their wares, from exotic fruits to intricate jewelry, and the air was always filled with the scent of freshly baked bread and the distant strumming of a lyre. But perhaps the most breathtaking aspect of Atlantis was its harmony with nature. While the city was undeniably a product of human design, it seamlessly integrated the natural beauty of the island. Trees lined the avenues, and open plazas allowed citizens to gather under the shade and enjoy the gentle sea breeze. Every corner, every stone, every building in Atlantis told a story. A story of ambition, artistry, and the aspiration to create a utopia on Earth. It was a city that had managed to capture the very essence of beauty, elegance, and sophistication, making it a jewel that shone brightly in the tapestry of ancient civilizations. In the annals of history, few tales shimmer with such vivid colors as the legend of Atlantis. To understand its splendor, one must first trace back to its divine origins. Atlantis wasn't simply an outcome of human effort or natural occurrence. It was conceived from love and shaped by the hands of a god. Poseidon, the god of the sea, with his trident that commanded the waves and storms, stumbled upon an isolated island. On this very island resided a maiden of unparalleled beauty named Cleto. Her aura, her grace, and her spirit captivated Poseidon, leading to a union that blended the ethereal with the earthly. From their union arose the rulers of Atlantis, destined to govern this island utopia. But Poseidon, deeply infatuated and protective of Cleto, decided to fortify their dwelling place. With a mere sweep of his trident, he formed concentric circles of water and land around the mountain, each serving as barriers and moats, guarding against any external threat. It was as if the mountain, the waters, and the barriers were a physical manifestation of Poseidon's love for Cleto, 
a protective embrace shielding their descendants from the perils of the outside world. This divinely ordained terrain was no less than a marvel. The alternating rings of crystal clear waters and lush terrains reflected the sky, and with every sunrise and sunset, the entire island would gleam in hues of gold, crimson, and azure. From above, it resembled a complex labyrinth, a masterpiece chiseled by divinity, setting Atlantis apart as a land faved by the gods. The central citadel on the mountain, where Phocleto, when Poseidon resided, was elevated above all else, overseeing the grandeur of Atlantis. This was not just a palace, but a symbol of the divine connection and love that was at the very heart of Atlantis's existence. As generations passed and Atlantis's populace grew, reverence for Poseidon remained unwavering. Temples of grandeur were built in his honor, and his tales, intertwined with the history of Atlantis, were passed down, reminding every citizen of their unique lineage that blended the might of the gods with the endeavors of mortals. Thus, the very essence of Atlantis, its lifeblood, was this intertwining of love, divinity, and nature. Every brick, every canal, and every echo whispered of the eternal love story between Poseidon and Phocleto, the divine dance that birthed a civilization like no other. The heart of Atlantis thrummed with the lifeblood of the earth itself. Its land was a medley of rolling plains and high mountains, each terrain teeming with invaluable resources that brought unparalleled prosperity to its inhabitants. One could not speak of Atlantis without marveling at its bounteous fields. They stretched as far as the eye could see, painted in three distinctive shades, the red fields of the east, the black of the west, and the pristine white ones that lay in between. These were not just hues to please the eye. They represented the very wealth of Atlantis. Each color of soil had its unique properties. The red was rich in iron, the black was fertile for agriculture, and the white brimmed with precious minerals. Beyond these magnificent fields lay vast, untouched forests. The towering trees, with their thick canopies, seemed like they reached out to touch the skies. These woods provided timber, which was both robust and lightweight, the prime material for building the majestic structures that dotted the city. The undergrowth hid medicinal plants, rare fruits, and aromatic herbs, resources that contributed to the advanced medicine and lavish cuisine of the time. The natural blessings weren't just limited to the land. The waters around Atlantis were no ordinary oceans. They sparkled, not just with the reflection of the sun, but with the glint of myriad treasures that lay beneath. The waters were teeming with life, fish of every imaginable hue, enormous sea creatures, and coral formations that stood tall like submerged towers. It was said that an Atlantean diver could bring back treasures that would make an emperor's ransom seem like mere coins. At the city's heart lay the majestic Mount Atlas, reaching towards the heavens. This wasn't just any mountain. Its veins were rich with orichalcum, a metal more precious than gold. Glinting with a reddish tinge, 
Orichalcum was believed to have mystical properties. It was both malleable and durable, making it the material of choice for crafting the city's emblematic statues, coins, and even the inner walls of the great temple dedicated to Poseidon. The richness of the landscape and its resources was not just a testament to the city's material wealth, but also the harmony with which the Atlanteans lived with their land. They did not just take, they gave back, maintaining a balance that ensured that their prosperity did not come at the land's expense. Atlantis, in its zenith, was more than a city. It was an emblem of enlightenment. Every corner of the city echoed with wisdom, but it was the Grand Library that truly encapsulated the thirst for knowledge the Atlanteans possessed. Imagine walls that reached upwards, seemingly touching the heavens, lined meticulously with scrolls and books. These weren't just any parchments. They contained knowledge gathered from every conceivable corner of the world. Mariners, explorers, and scholars from distant lands would bring their discoveries to this library, turning it into a melting pot of information and insights. These scripts detailed the anatomy of exotic plants from unknown terrains, described beasts that one could only dream of, and narrated tales of civilizations that had thrived and faded. But more than the details of the external world, the library was a testament to Atlantis's internal growth. Philosophies, theories, and deep reflections that pondered the nature of existence and the cosmos were regular discourses held within these sacred walls. Gazing upwards, the Atlanteans were captivated by the vastness of the skies. Their observatories, equipped with instruments that could pierce the veil of the night, charted the dance of the stars, the orbits of planets, and the rhythms of celestial events. They understood the patterns of eclipses, the shifts in seasons, and the return of certain comets. This cosmic connection wasn't just for the sake of science. For the Atlanteans, the heavens were a mirror to the soul, a constant reminder of the interconnectivity of existence. They believed that just as the planets moved in harmony, so should societies and individuals. Their calendars were designed in alignment with these celestial events, and every major decision from harvesting crops to inauguration ceremonies, took into consideration the positions of stars and planets. In the golden age of Atlantis, amidst a period of breathtaking advancements and unrivaled progress, stood an innovation that fueled its mighty heart, the energy crystals. These weren't mere jewels to be adorned or gazed upon, but the very lifeblood of Atlantean civilization. Crystals, in their natural form, have long been celebrated by many cultures for their beauty and purported healing properties. But the Atlanteans, with their unmatched scientific prowess, tapped into the latent energy within these crystals, transforming them into power sources of unprecedented scale. Nestled deep within the core of the city, a massive central crystal often referred to by scholars as the Heart of Atlantis, pulsed and glowed with a radiant energy. It was believed that this primary crystal was originally discovered by the city's founders and was deemed sacred, 
a gift from the gods themselves. This primary crystal was the source, and its energy was magnified and distributed throughout the city through a network of smaller, intricately designed subsidiary crystals. These energy conduits powered everything, from the illuminating lights that shone brighter than any torch or candle, to the healing chambers where citizens would rest and rejuvenate, soaking in the curative energies of these crystals. Streets were illuminated with a soft, ethereal glow, and homes bathed in a comforting warmth all thanks to the intricate system of these energy conductors. Beyond the daily utilities, the crystals also played an integral role in their advancements. Rapid transportation systems, for instance, floated effortlessly above the ground, driven by the magnetic fields generated by these energy crystals. Think of a city where vehicles glided smoothly without friction, where no smoke sullied the air, and where the hum of the crystal's energy replaced the cacophony of engines. In research laboratories, scientists utilized these crystals in their experiments, pushing the boundaries of what was thought possible. Their belief was that the crystal's energy, when channeled correctly, could enhance the cognitive functions of the brain, leading to faster learning and heightened states of consciousness. While the energy from the crystals was clean and sustainable, it required deep understanding and respect. Only the most trained professionals were allowed to handle and manage these power sources to ensure they were used in harmony with nature and the balance of the universe. In the heart of Atlantis, during its glorious golden age, there was a breathtaking surge of innovations, ideas that pushed the boundaries of imagination and molded the very air with hope and wonder. Among these incredible advances, two stood out, not just for their marvel, but for the sheer audacity of Atlantean ambition, the flying machines and the intricate aqueducts. Atlantis was nestled amidst the sea, yet its denizens dreamed of the skies. This desire, coupled with their unparalleled knowledge, gave birth to the flying machines. These weren't mere contraptions with flapping wings, imitating birds. No, they were elegant, streamlined, crafted from materials that shimmered under the sun, seeming to challenge gravity itself. They soared gracefully above the city, allowing Atlanteans a bird's-eye view of their vast domain. From the shimmering palaces, to the dark blue expanse of the surrounding sea. The mechanics behind these machines were intricate, to say the least. Advanced propulsion methods, possibly harnessing the very energy crystals that powered the city, allowed these machines a silent, smooth flight. The designs were inspired by nature, borrowing elements from birds, from fish, even from the swirling patterns of wind and water. In the hands of any other civilization, this technology might have remained a dream. But for the Atlanteans, the sky was not the limit, but just a new frontier. But while they conquered the skies, the Atlanteans were also rooted to their land and were deeply aware of the importance of water, that life-giving, life-sustaining force. The aqueducts of Atlantis 
were not just functional, they were a work of art. Stretching from one end of the continent to the other, these networks of canals and channels ensured that every corner of the city had a fresh supply of water. They fed the majestic fountains that graced public squares, provided water for the gardens that adorned homes, and even supported the agriculture that ensured a steady food supply. These aqueducts were feats of both engineering and architecture. Using a system of siphons, gravity, and intuitive design, water from the mountains was channeled into the heart of the city, while underground cisterns and reservoirs ensured a steady supply even during dry periods. The sight of water flowing seamlessly, caressed by the midday sun or the silvery glow of the moon, became synonymous with the city's pulse. Together, the flying machines and aqueducts symbolized the duality of Atlantean ambition, a desire to ascend, to touch the heavens, and a rootedness, a connection to the earth and its bounty. Both were marvels, testaments to what humanity could achieve when driven by vision and unburdened by doubt. But as with all stories of great empires and their achievements, there is always the question, at what cost? For in the shadows of these great innovations were the seeds of Atlantis's own undoing. In the heart of the resplendent city of Atlantis began the grand parades. These were not mere displays of festivity, but a symphony of Atlantis's cultural and artistic splendor. Imagine vast processions led by chariots, their wheels intricately adorned with gems and stones that glittered, making the pathways seem as though they were strewn with stardust. Following these chariots were elegant dancers, their costumes resplendent with the colors of the sea, shimmering blues, deep greens, and iridescent whites. Their dance wasn't just a visual feast, but a narrative, a story of Atlantis's origins, its golden age, its bond with nature, and its dreams for the future. Interspersed between these groups of dancers were musicians. They played on instruments, some of which modern ears have never heard, lyres that echoed the laughter of waterfalls, flutes mimicking the whispering winds of the Atlantic, and drums that resonated with the heartbeat of the earth itself. The music was so harmonious that it was rumored to calm the fiercest storms and guide lost sailors safely to the shores. Artists showcased mobile galleries of sculptures and paintings on great platforms pulled by tamed sea creatures. These artworks weren't mere decorations, they were testimonies. Sculptures captured moments frozen in time, like Poseidon's first glance at Clato or the first sunrise over Atlantis's grand towers. Paintings, on the other hand, often captured the daily lives of Atlanteans, their joys, their challenges, their aspirations. But perhaps the most mesmerizing aspect of these parades was the theatrical performances. They were brief yet impactful stories played out on moving stages. Legendary actors and actresses of Atlantis would depict tales, not just from their land, but from places far and beyond. They believed in celebrating not just their own stories, but the stories of the world, 
forging a connection of unity and understanding. These grand parades were more than entertainment. They were a living testament to the vibrant and rich culture of Atlantis. They showed how deeply art was integrated into their lives and how it allowed them to communicate, to express, and to dream. It was a testament to how a civilization, in its golden days, used art as its voice, its conscience, and its bridge to the mysteries of the universe. In the heart of Atlantis, distinct from the labyrinthine alleys and the intricate designs of every structure, stood the Assembly Hall, a testament to the collective wisdom and unity of the Atlantean people. A structure so grand, it captured the essence of an era that shone brightly, a beacon of what humanity could achieve when driven by knowledge and community. Envision a hall built of shimmering white marble and adorned with blue orichalcum, the rare metal found only in Atlantis. Its columns, carved with symbols from Atlantis's rich history, reach towards the sky as if in an attempt to touch the heavens. Each symbol told stories of valor, compassion, ingenuity, and the harmonious balance between nature and mankind that the Atlanteans prided themselves upon. Inside, a vast amphitheater offered seating to hundreds. Leaders, thinkers, and scholars from every corner of the continent gathered here, united by a purpose, the collective growth and well-being of their society. The room was lit not by torches or lamps, but by crystal orbs, which illuminated the space with a gentle glow that mimicked the soft light of the moon. It was believed that this moonlight ambience encouraged clear thinking and serene discussions. At the center of this amphitheater, a raised dais stood where speakers would address the gathering. Every voice was respected and every idea was considered. Debates were encouraged, but they were always constructive, never divisive. Here, decisions weren't made by the loudest voice, but by the wisest. They held the belief that true progress could only be made when every perspective was acknowledged. But beyond its physical beauty and grandeur, the Assembly Hall embodied the spirit of the Atlanteans. It was a place where knowledge converged with emotion, where logic met passion, and where the past was revered while looking toward the future. Yet, for all its glory, the Assembly Hall also bore silent witness to the subtle, creeping changes in Atlantean society. Over time, the debates grew more heated, the decisions more self-serving. The unity that was once the Atlantean strength began to show cracks. And while the hall remained a symbol of their golden age, it also became an emblem of the challenges that lay ahead. Through the tale of the Assembly Hall, we're reminded of the fragile nature of harmony. It's a testament that for all our advancements and achievements, it's the values we uphold and the unity we foster that truly determine the longevity and legacy of civilization. The golden age of Atlantis, with its unmatched brilliance, began to cast a long shadow upon the hearts and minds of its inhabitants. A civilization that had emerged from Poseidon's blessings, from the fertile plains and the richness of the sea, 
began to transform, not in its external beauty, but within its core values. The Atlanteans had been inheritors of vast knowledge and were gifted with an astuteness that was unparalleled. Their society, which had once thrived on collaboration and mutual respect, started to take a turn. The citizens, intoxicated by their own advancements, began to view themselves as invincible. This wasn't just confidence in their abilities. It was an inflated sense of superiority that permeated through the cobblestone streets and echoed in their grand assembly halls. Every corner of the city started to bear witness to this chain. Children, who once played games imagining they were explorers and scientists, now played at being conquerors. Teachers in classrooms subtly shifted their lessons from innovation for the sake of betterment to innovation for dominance. Even simple market transactions bore hints of this newfound arrogance. Traders bragged about their goods, not as products of the land, but as symbols of Atlantean dominance. However, it wasn't just the everyday Atlantean that was swept up in this tide of hubris. The leaders, those who were meant to guide and steer the ship of state, were the most swayed. They began laying plans, not for the prosperity of Atlantis, but for its dominion over distant lands. Their councils no longer discussed the welfare of their citizens, but debated the strategies for expanding their territories. The ambitions of the Atlanteans seemed to know no bounds. No longer were they content with the fruits of their land, the minerals of their mountains, or the knowledge of their libraries. They desired more. Their gaze turned outward, seeking to bring other societies, other civilizations under the Atlantean banner. This thirst for dominance wasn't born out of necessity, but out of an unchecked and inflated belief in their superiority. This shift in their collective psyche wasn't sudden. It was a gradual transformation, where each step away from humility and towards arrogance seemed justifiable. They began to see themselves not as one of many civilizations, but as the pinnacle, the chosen ones, who were destined to rule, guide, and even correct the world around them. But as is often the case, unchecked ambitions can become the shackles that tie down even the most soaring spirits. The Atlanteans, for all their brilliance, were slowly but surely chaining themselves to a fate they could not foresee. Their hubris, which began as a tiny flicker, was turning into a raging fire, threatening to consume everything in its path. At the height of its glory, Atlantis's strength was unparalleled, its armies unmatched, and its navy sailed across vast seas with an air of indomitable might. The world looked upon Atlantis not just in awe, but also with a growing unease. For with such prowess came a hunger, a thirst to stretch their dominion even further. Imagine, if you will, an Atlantean armada, its ships sleek and swift, cutting through the azure waves, the golden emblem of Atlantis shimmering on their sails. These fleets, the pride of a continent, ventured to far-off lands, not in the name of trade or exploration, but conquest. 
These military expeditions were met with resistance naturally. City-states with ancient histories and cultures of their own stood defiantly against the encroaching Atlantean force. But more often than not, the sheer might of the Atlantean military, combined with their advanced strategies, was overpowering. Battles were won, cities were annexed, and new territories were marked under the Atlantean banner. Yet, every conquest left a trail, a path strewn with the memories of fallen cities and the heartaches of those subjugated. Whispers began to spread in captured territories, stories of a great city that shone brightly but was blind to its own reflection. The weight of these conquests began to take a toll on the very spirit of Atlantis. In the grand halls of Atlantis, war heroes were celebrated, their tales of victories sung by poets and bards. Golden treasures from conquered lands adorned the palaces. Yet, hidden in those tales were the subdued voices of the defeated, the silent cries of civilizations erased, cultures forever altered. The Atlanteans, blinded by their might, failed to see that true strength wasn't in dominion over others, but in understanding, unity, and coexistence. And as they reveled in their conquests, seeds of their impending doom were being sown, for hubris never goes unnoticed, especially by those with powers far beyond mortal comprehension. The unique tapestries of diverse cultures began to unravel as they were interwoven with the threads of Atlantean ideals. Villages were transformed into Atlantean molds with concentric designs and the use of orichalcum, a metal so revered in Atlantis. Children grew up hearing tales not of their own land's heroes, but of Atlantean legends and exploits. In their earnestness to share, or perhaps impose, what they believed to be the zenith of civilization, the Atlanteans overlooked the intrinsic value in diversity, the beauty in difference, and the strength that comes from mutual respect. It wasn't just about architecture, or language, or even technology. It was about the soul of myriad cultures fading, overshadowed by the might of one. The world, in its mosaic of cultures, started to lose colors, becoming a monochrome painted in Atlantean hues. This imposition, more than just physical dominance, was a conquest of minds, beliefs, and spirits. And as with all things unbalanced, the scales began to tip. The very essence that made Atlantis magnificent, its innovation, its adaptability from learning from various cultures, started to wane. For in making the world Atlantean, Atlantis itself was losing the diverse influences that had once inspired its own renaissance. The energy crystals were not mere ornaments or trinkets. They were the lifeblood of the city. With a radiant glow, they pulsated with a power unknown to any other civilization. The shimmering glow of these crystals could be seen from every corner of the continent, casting a celestial aura. However, with time, as often happens when one is intoxicated by power, the Atlanteans began to demand more from these crystals than they were designed to give. They attempted to amplify their properties, 
pushing them to yield energies many times their natural capacity. They envisioned a world where the might of Atlantis would be unprecedented, where the glow of their crystals would illuminate even the darkest corners of the Earth. But in doing so, they neglected the balance of nature. These crystals, formed over millennia, held energies that were in harmony with the Earth, sea, and sky. To push them beyond their limits was to disrupt this delicate balance. And disrupt they did. Cracks began to appear, not just on the surface of the crystals, but metaphoric in the fabric of Atlantean society. Machines malfunctioned, power grids failed, and the once reliable energy sources became erratic. The same crystals that had brought so much prosperity and advancement to Atlantis began to become its very bane. The Atlantean scholars and technologists, once proud of their advancements, were now scrambling to find solutions. But in their hubris, they had changed something fundamental, something that could not be easily restored. In the pursuit of greater power and dominance, the Atlanteans had unknowingly set themselves on a path of self-destruction. Their over-reliance and misuse of the energy crystals were just one testament to the dangers of pushing nature beyond its boundaries. As we reflect on the tale of these magnificent crystals, it becomes evident that there are limits to what nature provides. To disrespect those boundaries is to invite chaos and calamity. In the age when gods and men were interwoven with the fabric of reality, Atlantis stood tall, reflecting its splendor to the heavens above. But even in the most glorious of epochs, nature had its way of whispering omens, and those who attuned their ears and hearts could hear its subtle, cryptic messages. The skies over Atlantis began to change, the once clear azure palette, now occasionally marred by streaks of crimson and twilight purples, not just at dawn or dusk, but sometimes in the broad light of midday. These unexpected kaleidoscopes were both mesmerizing and unsettling. Birds, those winged keepers of secrets, started behaving strangely. The albatrosses, usually seen carving graceful arcs over the seas, began to circle the city's spires in repetitive, dizzying patterns. Sparrows, typically joyous in their chirping melodies, fell silent, their songs replaced by low, mournful calls. But perhaps the most telling were the fish. Fishermen told tales of their nets being filled not with the usual bounty, but instead with varieties of fish never seen before in Atlantean waters. Some of these aquatic creatures would leap into the air, glistening under the sun for a prolonged moment, only to fall back into the waters as stiff as stone, their life essence mysteriously sapped away. The elders of Atlantis, revered for their wisdom and their deep connections to the rhythms of the universe, began to have dreams. Though they rarely shared the details of their nocturnal visions, their furrowed brows and hushed conversations in the corners of temples and gardens revealed a shared concern. Dreams, in those times, were believed to be windows to future possibilities, and these nightly experiences were not just mere figments of imagination, but urgent messages from the cosmos, 
As days turned to weeks, the uneasy murmurs among the populace grew. Conversations at the market, by the water fountains, or during grand feasts, often veered toward these anomalies. There was an unspoken acknowledgement among the Atlanteans, a realization that their realm, for all its magnificence, was not isolated from the universe's deeper currents, and that perhaps they were standing at the precipice of profound change. In the heart of Atlantis stood the Temple of Poseidon. Within the temple's hallowed walls, the revered oracles, the prophets of Atlantis, carried out their sacred duties, interpreting the will of the gods and guiding the people. It was here that a series of alarming prophecies began to emerge. While the city reveled in its achievements, these wise seers sensed a change in the energy of the universe, a whisper from the gods that carried an ominous message. A particular oracle, known for her deep connection to Poseidon himself, began to see visions that darkened her usually bright eyes. With a heavy heart, she stood before the citizens in the Grand Assembly Hall. With her voice echoing with a quiet yet resounding intensity, she spoke. The gods in their realm have seen the path Atlantis treads. The balance between our ambition and our respect for nature has tilted. It is not our achievements they question, but our hubris the blind arrogance that makes us believe we are invincible. She continued, her voice laced with urgency. The seas will rise in anger, the earth will tremble, and the skies will mourn if we continue on this path of arrogance. For every action, there is a reaction. For every cause, an effect. The gods urge us to introspect, to remember our place in this vast cosmos. Atlantis is but a speck in the grand tapestry of existence, and while we might shine brightly, even the brightest stars can falter. The assembly hall, usually a place of lively debates and discussions, fell silent. Many in the crowd exchanged uneasy glances, while others dismissed her words as mere ramblings. The city's leaders found themselves at a crossroads. Do they heed the warning and alter their ways? or do they continue down a path they believed was their divine right? The oracle's warnings were not just limited to visions. Some of them dreamt of water engulfing the grand libraries, waves toppling the statues of gods, and the ground swallowing the city whole. These dreams were not merely figments of imagination, but were laden with symbolism. They represented a society drowning in its conceit, idols of ego being cast down, and the very foundations of pride and greed crumbling. Despite these clear signs, the powerful in Atlantis remained divided on the course of action. While some proposed a return to the old ways of humility and respect for nature, others saw the warnings as obstacles to their grand vision for Atlantean dominance. But history, as it often does, waited in the wings ready to pass its judgment. The seeds of Atlantis's fate were sown, not by external enemies, but from within, from the very heart of its hubris. The oracles had spoken, but only time would reveal if their words would be the salvation or epitaph 
of the once glorious civilization. The great city of Atlantis, once a beacon of enlightenment and achievement, began to display unsettling anomalies. The inhabitants, despite their advanced knowledge and connection to the cosmos, could not have foreseen the scale of nature's brewing retaliation. First came the tremors. Mild and almost imperceptible, they were like the whispers of a betrayed lover. Atlantis, built upon the blessings of Poseidon, was no stranger to the mood swings of the earth. But these shivers running through the ground were different. Stones would subtly rattle on tables. Birds perched on the gleaming rooftops of Atlantean structures would occasionally take off in unison, as if sensing a disturbance unknown to man. In the moments following the devastating waves and the ground's furious descent, a profound stillness settled. Gone were the laughter and the lively chatter that had once echoed through the streets of Atlantis. No more were the harmonious tunes of lyres and flutes that danced upon the wind. The once mighty spires and grand palaces, which had risen with such pride and grandeur, now lay submerged, shadows of their former selves imprisoned beneath the weight of the ocean's embrace. Streets that had once teemed with life, bustling markets and children playing in open squares, were now nothing but forgotten lanes in the watery depths. The energy crystals, the heart of Atlantean technological might, flickered out one by one, their luminescence drowned by the overpowering might of the sea. The mighty aqueducts, the veins of the city, now lay broken, their purpose lost to the tides of time. Nature, with her unparalleled might, had reclaimed what had been taken. The oceans, having swallowed the city whole, kept their secret well, a shroud of blue masking the ruins of a civilization that had flown too close to the sun. A profound lesson that nature, in her patience, always finds a way to restore balance. But in this silence, there was also memory. The whispers of a time when Atlantis gleamed under the sun, a beacon for all civilizations. A memory of a place where knowledge and culture flourished, where the people of Atlantis, in their ambition, sought to touch the very stars. A reminder for all of time that with great power comes an even greater responsibility to wield it with humility. In the aftermath of Atlantis's vanishing, whispers of its existence were carried by the winds across distant lands. Travelers from far and wide recounted the stories they'd heard from sailors, explorers, and old seers. Each tale carried a trace of awe, a tint of wonder, but also a shiver of warning. Seafarers spoke of strange underwater formations that hinted at once grand structures now resting silently beneath the waves. Fishermen would occasionally pull up trinkets and artifacts in their nets, ornate designs that did not match the handiwork of any known civilization. Each piece was a silent testament, a fragment of a world lost to the depths. In the taverns of bustling ports, old mariners would recount tales of mysterious, fog-covered islands 
that appeared suddenly and vanished just as quickly. These tales described an island surrounded by rings, echoing the unique structure of Atlantis. On starlit nights, they said, if one listened closely, a faint hum, like a melodious chant, could be heard from the ocean's depths, reminiscent of Atlantean hymns. Scholars and thinkers, intrigued by these stories, began chronicling them. Papyrus scrolls and leather-bound journals held detailed accounts of encounters with Atlantean remnants. But over time, as centuries turned to millennia, the direct accounts faded, and these journals became the primary sources for the legend of Atlantis. Soon, this lost city became the favorite subject of poets and bards. Epics were written, with heroes dreaming of finding Atlantis and reclaiming its lost wisdom. The legend tells us that this majestic city, seemingly invincible in its prime, was not brought down by external foes, but by its own pride and arrogance. It was a civilization that reached for the heavens, that stretched its hand too far and too greedily. But what does it really mean to stretch one's hand too far? It means to forget one's roots, to dismiss the simple truths of existence, to believe oneself above all. Atlantis, bathed in gold and shimmering in its unmatched technological prowess, began to look outward with a sense of entitlement. The land and the sea, which once nourished it, were now seen as conquests, domains to be dominated and tamed. The ebbs and flows of time have witnessed the rise and fall of countless civilizations, each a testament to human innovation, creativity, and sometimes their own undoing. The impermanence of these monumental achievements offers profound insight into the nature of existence itself. Each of these empires, like Atlantis, saw periods of flourishing and eventual decline. They were monumental, yes, but not eternal. This inherent impermanence isn't a cause for despair. Instead, it serves as a grounding reminder. It emphasizes the importance of living in harmony, not just with one another, but with the world that sustains us. Now, let the sun touch your face, a radiant sun that once bathed Atlantis in golden hues. It's the same sun that witnessed the highs of a civilization unparalleled. Feel its warmth, the balance of joy and caution it brings. Let the gentle breezes caress your skin. These are the whispers of the scholars who roamed the grand libraries, of the children who laughed in the courtyards, and of the leaders who envisioned a world of prosperity. Listen intently to the lapping of the waves against the city's shores. These waters have seen it all, from Poseidon's divine love story that gave birth to Atlantis, to the same waters turning tumultuous, eventually reclaiming what was once theirs. The waves sing songs of celebration, innovation, ambition, but they also murmur lullabies of humility and respect for the natural world. Imagine touching the walls of an Atlantean home, walls that have echoed with laughter, love, debates, and dreams. 
These walls remember the touch of the inhabitants, their joys, their sorrows, and the pride that often filled their conversations. Breathe deeply, inhaling the scents of Atlantis, the fragrant blossoms from its gardens, the aroma of fresh bread from bustling markets, and the faint scent of orichalcum, the rare metal that symbolized its wealth. But as you breathe out, release any weights of pride and arrogance that might tether your spirit. Envision yourself at a vantage point, atop a high tower in Atlantis, seeing the entire city sprawled out before you. The dazzling structures, the lush gardens, the bustling marketplaces and the serene temples. Feel the blend of emotions, the pride of achievements, the cautionary tales of ambition and the gentle tug of introspection. And as you're perched high, watching the sunset over this legendary city, understand the fragile balance that Atlantis tread, its brilliance and beauty juxtaposed with the impending doom brought about by its own actions. With this understanding, let yourself drift, holding on to the lessons Atlantis offers. The beauty of ambition balanced with humility, the need for introspection amidst progress, and the ever-present reminder that nature, when provoked, will reclaim its own. Let these memories, lessons, and emotions settle deep within, forming a serene foundation for dreams awaiting you tonight. Bring yourself into a calm, receptive state. Envision the vast expanse of the ocean. The water is a deep, alluring shade of blue, almost mystical in its intensity. Feel the gentle ebb and flow of the waves. They are like rhythmic heartbeats of the earth, consistently reminding us of time's ever-present motion. As each wave rises and falls, think of them as moments in Atlantis's history, moments of brilliance, moments of discovery, and yes, moments of hubris. Imagine standing at the edge of this endless sea, toes sinking into the wet sand, the cool breeze ruffling your hair. With every breath, the salty tang of the ocean air fills your nostrils, purifying your thoughts and deepening your connection to the tale you've just journeyed through. As you gaze over this watery horizon, let the vastness seep into your very being. The ocean is both a guardian and a chronicler. It hides the remains of Atlantis, safeguarding its secrets, while its waves sing lullabies of a civilization's rise and fall. Feel the weight of eons beneath the water's surface. The ocean depths are profound, holding tales not just of Atlantis, but of countless other stories forgotten by time waiting in the silent, dark blue depths. It's a world teeming with life, with history, with lessons. Now, sense the gentle pull of the waves around your ankles. This sensation isn't one of danger, but of connection. A reminder that you, like Atlantis, are a part of this vast, intricate web of existence. That every action, every choice, reverberates through time, just as ripples move through water. The cool water and the golden grains of sand are nature's gentle touch, grounding you, reminding you of the eternal dance between human ambition and the forces of nature. 
The story of Atlantis reminds us that with every sunrise, there's a sunset waiting to cast its golden hue. Each time we close our eyes and drift into the world of dreams, we're given a chance to rebuild our own Atlantis, brick by brick, choice by choice. And as we do, may we remember the dance of hubris and humility, and may we choose wisely which dance partner we take by the hand. In the embrace of the night, let the gentle waves of sleep wash over you. Let the lessons of Atlantis, its grandeur and its downfall, cradle you in wisdom. And as you rest, may your dreams be filled with ancient cities, golden horizons, and the promise of a new dawn. Until we meet again on another journey through time and tales, may the stories of old guide your dreams and inspire your days. Rest well, travelers of the night, and dream deep. Good night. <laughs>